Chapter Twenty Six, Attending Colleges and Universities of the Land. It would be perfectly safe for our youth to enter the colleges of the land if they were converted every day. But if they feel at liberty to be off guard one day, that very day Satan is ready with his snares, and they are overcome and led to walk in false paths, forbidden paths, paths that the Lord has not cast up. Now shall professed Christians refuse to associate with the unconverted and seek to have no communication with them? No, they are to be with them in the world and not of the world, but not to partake of their ways. Not to be impressed by them, not to have a heart open to their customs and practices. Their associations are to be for the purpose of drawing others to Christ. The influence of error repeatedly presented. Here is the danger of our youth. The attractions in these institutions are such, and the teaching so intermixed with error and sophistry, that they cannot discern the poison of sentiment mingled with the useful and precious. There is such an undercurrent, and it works in such a manner that many do not perceive it, but it is constantly at work. Certain ideas are constantly advanced by the professors, and repeated over and over, and at last the mind begins to assimilate and conform to these ideas. Just so, when infidel authors are studied, these men have sharp intellects, and their sharp ideas are presented, and the mind of the student is influenced by them. They are pleased with their brilliance, but where did these men obtain their powers of intellect? Where did they get their sharpness? From the fountain of all knowledge. But they have prostituted their powers. They have given them as a contribution to the devil. And don't you think the devil is smart? Many are traveling in the devil's tracks by reading infidel authors. Satan is a sharp being, and they fall in love with his learning and smartness. Manuscript Eight B, eighteen ninety one. The perils of listening to the world's great men. To many of our youth, there is great danger in listening to the discourses that are given by those who, in the world, are called great men. These discourses are often of a highly intellectual nature, and prevailing errors of science, falsely so called, and of popular religious doctrine, are mingled with wise sayings and observations. But they undermine the statements of the Bible and give the impression that there is reason for questioning the truth of the inspired word. In this way, the seeds of skepticism are sown by great and professedly wise men, but their names are registered in the books of record in heaven as fools, and they are an offense to God. They repeat the falsehoods that Satan put into the mouth of the serpent, and educate the youth in delusions. This is the kind of education the enemy delights in. It is sorcery. The great apostle inquired, "Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth?" Those who receive and admire the sentiments of these so-called great men are in danger, for through the subtlety of the enemy, the sophistical reasoning of these false teachers takes root in the heart of our youth, and almost imperceptibly they are converted from truth to error. But the conversion should be just the other way. Our young men who have seen the evidences of the verity of truth should be firmly established and able to win souls to Christ from the darkness of error. The youth who go to Ann Arbor must receive Jesus as their personal Savior, or they will build upon the sand 
and their foundation will be swept away. Compilers note, the University of Michigan was located at Ann Arbor, some 65 miles east of Battle Creek. In 1891, Adventist youth seeking medical training studied there. The Spirit of Christ must regenerate and sanctify the soul, and pure affection for Christ must be kept alive by humble daily trust in God. Christ must be formed within the hope of glory. Let Jesus be revealed to those with whom you associate. Letter 26, 1891. Seventh-day Adventist Students The Waldensians entered the schools of the world as students. They made no pretensions. Apparently, they paid no attention to anyone, but they lived out what they believed. They never sacrificed principle, and their principles soon became known. This was different from anything the other students had seen, and they began to ask themselves, what does all this mean? Why cannot these men be induced to swerve from their principles? While they were considering this, they heard them praying in their rooms, not to the Virgin Mary, but to the Savior, whom they addressed as the only mediator between God and man. The worldly students were encouraged to make inquiries, and as the simple story of the truth as it is in Jesus was told, their minds grasped it. These things I tried to present at Harbor Heights at an educational convention in 1891. Those who have the Spirit of God, who have the truth wrought into their very being, should be encouraged to enter colleges and live the truth as Daniel and Paul did. Each one should study to see what is the best way to get the truth into the school that the light may shine forth. Let them show that they respect all the rules and regulations of the school. The leaven will begin to work, for we can depend much more upon the power of God manifested in the lives of His children than upon any words that can be spoken. But they should also tell inquirers in as simple a language as they can of the simple Bible doctrines. Dropping Seeds of Truth into Minds and Hearts There are those who, after becoming established, rooted and grounded in the truth, should enter these institutions of learning as students. They can keep the living principles of the truth and observe the Sabbath, and yet they will have opportunity to work for the Master by dropping seeds of truth in minds and hearts. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, these seeds will spring up to bear fruit for the glory of God and will result in the saving of souls. The students need not go to these institutions of learning in order to become enlightened upon theological subjects, for the teachers of the school need themselves to become Bible students. No open controversies should be started, yet opportunity will be given to ask questions upon Bible doctrines, and light will be flashed into many minds. A spirit of investigation will be aroused. A procedure fraught with great danger. But I scarcely dare present this method of labor, for there is danger that those who have no connection with God will place themselves in these schools, and instead of correcting error and diffusing light, will themselves be led astray. But this work must be done, and it will be done by those who are led and taught of God. Manuscript 22A, 1895